G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, and this is episode 192, brought to you by our Patreon members community. Without the support of our patrons, we simply couldn't bring you this podcast each and every week. So if you do enjoy the podcast and you get something from it, or you do get something from the Facebook group, I'd really like it if you could perhaps consider joining our Patreon community. There's some great benefits in return if you're looking to get some extra accountability. There's two Zoom meetings a month, both for Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere, so the right time zones. There's also extra content and bonus podcast, etc., in the Patreon members community. You'll find that link there in the show notes. Okay, folks, let's get on with it today. And before I do, I just wanted to welcome our new patrons, and that's Helen, Melissa, Charity, Penny, Joe, Clarice, Christy, Jenna, Carl, Mike, and Dave. And we're going to be speaking today with Karen Coleman-Ostroff. And Karen lives there in the United States of America, and she describes herself as a serial lifelong dieter. And she's, you name it, she's tried it. And she discovered intermittent fasting after seeing a picture of a relative and she thought, wow, she looks great. And then she discovered by shock that she was actually living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. Then she looked into it further. And as they say in the classics, Karen has never looked back. So here she is to tell her story, the amazing Karen Coleman-Ostroff. Oh, g'day, Karen, and welcome to the Fasting Highway. And how are you? I'm good, Graham. How are you? Fabulous, even more fabulous for you being here with me today, all the way there from the States, Karen. And Karen, for those people out there listening to the podcast right around the world who may not know of you or your story outside the Fasting Highway community, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a bit of that sort of history and sort of issues you had with your weight in your life and diet history, that sort of thing, and how you actually got to the point where you took up intermittent fasting. Well, um, I have always struggled with my weight. Um, as an adult, um, when I was uh, in my 20s, was always slim. But after I got married, I just kept putting on more and more weight. And it just seemed very, very difficult to get off and keep off. That was the, the, the main problem, keeping it off. And I would try every fad diet you ever heard of from Scarsdale, the cabbage soup diet, uh, you name it, I probably did it. Slim fast, Weight Watchers, everything. Um, and I would have some success, lose a little weight, and then sometimes even get down to my goal weight. But it was really hard to maintain and to stay at a healthy weight and w without, you know, gaining it all back again. So that was my biggest challenge. 
So, um, I, I mean, I'm in my sixties now, like I said, for 40 years, struggled with my, with my weight up and down, up and down. And, um, I was, well, COVID had started and I was really not doing anything. And I came across a picture of my sister-in-law, uh, on Facebook. And I thought she posted a photo from way back when, and it was a current photo. So I, I was like, what happened? Because not only did you lose weight, but it looks like you anti-aged. It was like, what is going on? <laughs> and she told me intermittent fasting. And my first thought when I heard fasting was like, no, 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 that's not for me. I can't do that. I can't give up food. I love food. <laughs> and she was like, no, it's not what you think. And she kind of explained the program and recommended um, some books for me to read and also to join a couple of Facebook groups. And so I did. Um, she also said, why don't you give it a try? So I thought, okay, I'll try it. And I did. I actually tried it one day and it went surprisingly well. And so I reported back to her and said, you know, it really went well. So I think I'll start on Monday. And she was like, start on Monday? You already did one day. Just keep going. So I kept going and here I am. <laughs> Fantastic. That's so good. And obviously you're coming up, as we heard in the in the entry um, to the podcast here, three years, a couple of weeks. Yes, three years, August 13th. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic, Karen. Well done on that. So let's dial right back into when you first started and you sort of your first thoughts were, wow, this is kind of crazy. I don't want to do this. That sounds weird. I love food. I want to eat, eat all day. I'm going to faint. I'm going to die if I don't eat. How am I going to do my work? All those things go through our head, right? But then we start getting more information and then we start reading about it and it starts making sense. And when we do it, and then after a while, you just get really convinced. So when you first started in the early days, how what were you thinking about it? Was your mind turning towards, wow, this is something very different to what I've tried? Yes, it, it, it was very different. But in some ways, it was kind of familiar because I've always been a really busy person and I would always wait to eat until like maybe dinner time or really, really late in the afternoon. So I kind of felt like I was doing what I was doing, but the, what I wasn't doing right, I was not clean fasting. So I would have coffee with creamer and all kinds of stuff uh, in the morning and so when I heard about, okay, fast and do the clean fast where you're not having any flavors, any cream, any sweeteners, I thought, how can that make a difference? And it was amazing that it did make a difference. So it, it kind of felt natural. I, I don't know. And, and that made it easy, easier. And um, I think a main thing, Graham, was that I, I didn't feel like I was being deprived, like I felt on so many other diets that were calorie counting or, or counting and measuring food. Um, I knew that once my uh, window opened, I could eat. And that kind of, I don't know, helped me mentally stick with it. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you could eat. 
and you had that in your mindset that, you know, you just had to fast for a period of time, which you were basically doing anyway, but you just didn't know about the clean fast. So just right. talk about that. And when you took the sort of cream out of your coffee and the other thing, and maybe the couple of snacks at the office while you're waiting to eat, how difficult was it for you to fast through the day? Or did you find that fairly easy given what you were doing already? You just made a couple of tweaks to that. I found it fairly easy. Um, it, it And I don't know. I, I think that's probably why I've been able to stick to it this long. It's because it does seem kind of second nature to me. It's, it's very easy. And I know it's not easy for everyone, but for me in my particular situation, it it's a lot easier than any of the other programs that I have ever tried to lose weight with. Yeah, and I guess you having your sister-in-law there, and seeing her example of what was how worked for her was also a lot of encouragement and having her to lean on, so to speak, in those early days, if you had any questions. Yes, yes. Uh, she was very encouraging. Every time I, I had a, a, a victory, she was there to cheer me on. And not to say that there weren't some times when I had some down days or, you know, maybe a stressful day and, and my usual um, reaction to stress is eat, eat, and eat some more. And so um, having somebody to talk to and work out those situations, it really helped in learning how to uh, manage stress so as not to eat as a response, um, but to find other things to do like maybe read a book or do some exercise or something else that would keep me away from, okay, you're stressed, eat to comfort yourself. Yeah, really good um, coping mechanisms there. And obviously being in the travel industry as well, you can always research deals and find good deals <laughs> for your clients. So I guess that takes up a lot of time as well. And that'd be yes. a big distraction, particularly when you feel like that. I think stress can be a really big driver, can't it? And always, so first question I ask people when I mentor and coach coach them is, what are your stress levels like in your life? What are your stress levels like at work? What are your stress levels like at home? What are your stress levels like over your children? What are your stress levels like over your health? And usually it's, yeah, stress, 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 stress. And that's caused a lot of the weight gain to get them to the point where they are now. So that's quite interesting how stress affects us. But Let's go into your eating window now when you first started, Karen, because people love to know that. Sort of, were you eating all the things or because of your previous history, you've already dialed back on some of your trigger foods or just tell us about your general eating window. And has that changed over the last three years in terms of quality? Um, so when I started intermittent fasting, I started right off at 18.6. Um, I felt that that would be the, the best for me to start out with to get the, the best results. Um, and, and again, it, it seemed kind of natural and it just fit my lifestyle. And I do eat all the foods because again, for me, if I feel like I'm being deprived, it just messes with my mind and then I'll binge. But I can avoid binging because I know that when my window opens, I can have that food that I've been thinking about or I've been craving. And surprisingly, sometimes when the window opens, it's like, eh, I don't have to have that food. I'm okay. But it, it's just the thought, I don't know, for me, of knowing that I can't have something, I want it. So 
I'm always in the mindset that I can have whatever I want when my window opens. And I don't know, it, it, it has changed my, the way I view food. It's changed how my food choices. Um, and there's plenty of times that I have said no, but I feel like it's my choice. No one's telling me that I can't have this. It's my choice that I'm not having this. And I don't know, it's like intermittent fasting is empowering. At least it is for me because I feel like now I'm in control and the food isn't in control. Yeah. So you can choose if you want it, if you don't want it, that's okay. You know, you might eat something a bit more higher in quality. And I think over the years, we sort of get to that point, most of us, but yeah, it's important to have that flexibility and particularly your industry. I guess you do a lot of travel and that sort of thing and go and check yes. out resorts and hotels and all that sort of thing. So a lot of that stuff's readily available. So just for people out there listening, we'll get straight to that now because so many people, they start intermittent fasting and they might be doing it for six months or a year. They're going well. And all of a sudden a big vacation comes up to Hawaii or down here to New Zealand or Australia or something. And they go, Oh man, what am I going to do? You know, I know that happened to me when I went on my first big vacation to Japan, I was freaking out. And I even tried to put the scales in my suitcase. My wife threw them out. She said, you're not taking the scales with you. And I said, but I weigh every day. I have to know. She goes, you are not taking the scales on holidays. So just tell people out there how you handle in your job as a, a travel agent, and that sort of thing, when you travel and you go to these big resorts and it's all free and they're laying it on for you. How do you get around that? Um, I, I tell most people that I am doing intermittent fasting. And uh, so if there's like a breakfast meeting or something like that, I will tell people, you know, I'll just have, you know, just plain tea or water. Or I, I still, I haven't been able to adjust to black coffee. So I, I, I kind of leave that out, but um, just having maybe a, a, some sparkling water in the morning. And then, you know, in the afternoon when I can open my window, that's when I, you know, I can, I can eat. So I haven't found it to be a, a, a huge problem. But when I'm on vacation and when I'm traveling, I, I am a little bit more flexible. So I set a goal to do at least 12 hours of fasting every day. And most days I, I reach 16 to 18 hours. And, and then during my eating window, you know, enjoy all the things that the resort has to offer. Yeah, fair enough too. And it's not hard to say no to plain food. I know that much. I don't know what it's like there in, a, in America, but it certainly hasn't improved in quality here in Australia when we go out. But having said that, it depends on what section of the plane you're in, of course. And I guess you're up the front a lot of the time. So the quality up there might be a bit better for people. But let's also talk about exercise now. Has exercise been a big part of your journey over the last three years? Is that something you do? You know, it was really a big part of my journey when I first started intermittent fasting because we were in lockdown. So um, a lot of times my husband and I would go out and walk because we could get out and just walk the neighborhood. And and uh, so it was a huge part. So I did a lot of walking at the beginning. Um, once things opened up and I got back to work, eh, not so much. But I, I try to do a few little things and I try to watch my steps and make sure that I can get in as many steps as possible, you know, doing more walking and, and not always parking close up to the, a, a shopping mall or a grocery store and, and uh, just getting those steps in. Yeah. And for me, 
Karen, I think mindset plays such a huge part in intermittent fasting, right? Because the actual idea of intermittent fasting is, you know, you're fasting for a period of time and then you eat in a period of time. You eat to your satisfied, non-stuff. You eat good quality food or in your case, whatever you feel like that particular day. And then you stop and you do the same thing the next day, right? So that's quite simple to understand. But getting your head around that can be tricky. And a lot of people have problems with the actual getting their mind in the game and doing that repetitively every day and adjusting their lifestyle, particularly if they're coming off a long run of poor nutrition, no exercise, poor habits, that sort of thing. What part has mindset played for you and things like thinking about more positively, those daily affirmations we talk about? Um, I think mindset, it, it, it's, it's very important. And I think, like I mentioned before to you, that for me, just the mindset that I am not depriving myself um, does wonders for me because I know I can have what I want at the right time. Um, and that really does do something for my mind because every other uh diet um, that I've ever been on, it, it's, it's all based on deprivation and, and denying yourself um, and not having things that you enjoy. And, and I think for a lot of people, that's what they, they, they think that if I'm fasting, then I'm not able to eat the foods that I want to eat. And, and maybe for some, it might not be that they can eat all the things, but there's so many things that you can eat that most people can find something that they enjoy. Um, but I mean, I, uh, so for me, that mindset is that I know that I'm not being deprived and that I can enjoy good food and foods that I enjoy within my window. Yeah. And I always say to people, you know, that particularly if they've come from a life of poor nutrition and good users, that there's good food out there. And it really is. Mm -hmm. There's so many nice foods that we can eat. And for me, it was a whole rewire of how I thought about food. Like you, you just think about it differently, don't you? What about alcohol, yeah. Karen? Did, did you drink alcohol at all or while you're fasting? Or sorry, while I, you're in your eating window? Um, I'm, I'm not a big drinker. I do drink socially. Um and when I go out with, with friends for dinner, um, I, I will have a drink. So I did drink during uh, my eating window, but probably I would say maybe once a month when going out to dinner. So not not a, not a huge amount. Now yeah. on vacation, that's another thing. <laughs> hey, who doesn't enjoy a margarita around the pool, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And as I said, life's short. We've got to be flexible about this. This is what it's about, you know, and obviously you three years now and quite vastly experienced faster. Let's talk about the weight now, if you don't mind sharing, Karen. Sort of what was your weight like when you first started, when your sister-in-law told you about all this and you got going and you did that first fast? Can you remember what your weight was there? And if you're happy to share, it's all right if you don't want to share. No, I don't mind sharing at all. Um, my weight when I started was about 177 pounds and I am five foot five. So doesn't sit too well on, on a five foot five frame. Um, my highest weight ever uh, was 208. And that was very, very uncomfortable, <laughs> very unhealthy. 
uh, I, I couldn't even bend over and, and, and like fasten my shoes. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Where are you now? Three years on. Um, right now I'm at 149. Wow. Far out. So you've lost nearly 30 odd pounds over, those, over yeah. that time. That's fantastic. Yeah. You've just done it in a gradual time. You've been in no rush. You just enjoyed living the lifestyle. So tell us now about the non-scale victories and the health benefits that have come your way over this past three years. What are some of the things that you've seen? Some of the things I've seen is I, I my sleep has definitely improved. Um, I, I just feel better overall. Um, you know, I can I can walk upstairs. I can do um, different exercises without being winded. Um, and even before I started seeing the scale move, I could tell that my body was changing and it, it's really kind of, I don't know, it's almost kind of magical because it doesn't look like anything's happening, but stuff is happening because I could weigh the same thing and put on a pair of pants and that pair of pants would be loose. And it's like, how did, how did that happen? And, um, so those were a lot of the, the, the non-scale uh, victories that I had was just being able to, to wear things that I hadn't been able to wear for years and without even having lost weight. Um, the better sleep was definitely a, a benefit because I don't know, maybe not having a, a, a stomach full, <laughs> uh, full of food when I went to bed, I just felt better. I slept better. Um, my cholesterol's good. Um, I, I still do sometimes struggle with my A1C because I am type two diabetic, but, um, my doctor is really pleased with my progress and really pleased with, um, the weight that I've lost. And thankfully I have a doctor who, when I talked about intermittent fasting, he was like, good, keep, keep doing it. It, it's good for you. So um, I really appreciate that. But um, just feeling better overall. Yeah, more energy, more focus, clarity, that sort of thing. And I guess in your job, it's giving you a lot of more clarity and more energy. And that's really important in what you do to be able to keep up for yeah. your clients and that sort of thing and, and think things through really quickly. That's what I found that I could think things more clearly and faster and sort of process stuff more because when I was really obese, I was always sluggish. It was hard for me to process things. And now it's like, bang, bang, bang. You just rattle it off. And my memory yeah. was crazy good. I remember thinking back to my school years. I mean, I'm 60 now, right? And I was thinking back to when we used to go to school when I was small, like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And we used to do the roll call every day and the teacher would read out all their names at the front of the class. And I started reciting the roll call of all these kids' names, every single one of them at night while I was in bed. And it was crazy, all these things coming back to me and my vision was getting sharper. But yeah, there's so many things that go on. There's a lot more to it than just the weight loss, isn't there? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last question you asked. It yeah, that's okay. I was just saying there's a lot more to intermittent fasting than just weight loss. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, it is. It is. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think we do this for a lot of reasons. But when you were starting this, and obviously you were probably doing it looking for a bit of weight loss and that sort of thing initially, and then you found that it's the health benefits as well. 
But what were some of the whys? Was longevity one of them? I mean, obviously, you're just coming into your 60s now, and we all start thinking about longevity and what we're going to be like in our 70s and 80s. Are we going to be able to get down and off the floor? Are we going to be more flexible? In your case, am I going to be able to travel when I retire and go and see all these beautiful places that I send all my clients to? All of these things. Was, was that a point longevity for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because I was... I was feeling that pressure that I really need to do something to, to get healthier, but I felt like nothing was working. And because I'm, I'm older and uh, premenopausal and uh, insulin resistance, I just felt like there was nothing that would work for me. Um, I tried, like I said, Weight Watchers, and I actually gained weight on Weight Watchers, even though I followed it strictly to a T. I tried something called Whole30, and that actually made me sick. <laughs> um, I tried Noom, and I was uh, I was hangry all the time because I I never felt full. I never felt satisfied. So I thought it was truly impossible for me at my age to be able to weight, lose weight and keep it off and, and actually maintain it. So I kind of, I, I don't want to say I had given up, but I kind of had given up on the, the thought that I could ever be at a healthy weight and maintain it again. So when I saw my sister-in-law's results, it was like, well, maybe let's, let's try and see. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you're pretty convinced. And, you know, we heard in the intro there that you're 63 years old. And I said to you when I started, I said, are you sure you got that right? Because you don't look 63. You just don't. And I know people are probably sitting out there thinking I'm some sort of weirdo that keeps commenting on women and saying how young you look. But in your case, you do not look 63. You look like a lady that's in her late 40s, maybe. Well, thank you. <laughs> and that's what that's I noticed. Right. Just people's skin is so much brighter. They look so much younger. They look more vibrant and that type of thing. And I see it over and over. I've interviewed 200 people now. I've mentored hundreds more and coached hundreds more. And I see it all the time. After people do intermittent fasting for one, two, three years, they start almost reverse aging. It's just crazy. And I guess people say that to you too, that you don't look 63. <laughs> I get that sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it too. I was at the hairdresser the other day and she didn't believe me that I was 60. And I said, well, about time I yeah. got the seniors haircut discount. And she goes, oh, no, you can't qualify yet. You're probably another five years away. And I said, well, no, I'm not actually. But anyway, I'll, I'll take it. I'm quite happy to keep paying. <laughs> right, right. So let's, where to from here? I mean, you've got there three years. Congratulations on that. And Thank obviously you. you're getting to that point now of maintaining and well done on keeping the weight off too, because that's a big thing. And are you going to change anything when you're going into the maintenance phase or are you just going to keep rolling with what you're doing? I think I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, Brown, because it, it's working. And I feel like I will see where my body wants to take me. So um, I, I, I truly set a, a really, what I thought was a realistic goal for myself. And I, I would, was going to be happy just to get to 160 pounds. That was my goal. And now here I am, you know, 11 pounds under that. And it, it's, I feel like it's without even trying. So I just feel like I'll see where my body takes me and 
If it goes lower, that's fine. If it stays where it's at, I'm really happy with that as well. Yeah, I think that's fabulous. You just got to be happy where you are, don't you? And don't push yourself too much. And we all handle maintenance difference. And for me, maintenance is just vigilance without obsession. So I'm vigilant about it, but I'm not obsessed about it. And I think I've become more of an intuitive faster. Let's talk about your protocols. Have they changed much since you first started to now? And what what's some of the things you've done? Have you done anything like ADF or extended fasting? Or have you tried other things? Or has it all been fairly well OMAD most of the time? Um, I I did try ADF for, and I I just could not get into that. And I, and I don't know why. I think it might have been that, oh, I'm not going to eat for a whole day. And it, it I don't know, I, I, it, I didn't do well with that. So I figured to stick to the 18-6, but occasionally I have done like a mealless Monday. Um, there was one time when I did do a, a longer fast, um, but um, more or less, I kind of stuck to the 18-6. Um, a lot of times now um, I'll go, 24, um, and sometimes just OMAD. So I kind of go all over the place, but all the time, at least 18 hours of fasting. Yeah, I think the longer you do IF, it becomes more intuitive. You're not stuck to a certain time. You're not looking at an app all the time. For me, I just eat in a certain time of the day when I feel hungry, and that's it. I stop and I do the same thing the next day now. And I didn't even think about it. Do you find you don't even think about fasting much now? You just get up and do your work and you, it's just something that you do? Yeah, yeah, I do find that. And uh, and, and I things do change because when I did first start fasting, I did have an app and I, and I really relied on that app to kind of guide me and make sure that I did make my 18 hours. Um, but after uh, I would say about a year and a half, I found that, like you say, it's just kind of intuitive, and I didn't have to use that app. Uh, it, it, I just knew, you know, okay, it's it's time to eat. And- yeah. So with your eating window, we talk about appetite correction, right, and the intermittent fasting lifestyle. Do you get to that point in your eating window where you just reach that point of satiety and you feel satisfied? And you just recognize those signs now and then you just switch off? Yes, yes. Uh, prior to IF, um, I don't think that switch ever went off. <laughs> it was like if there was food there and it was good, um, I, I just kept going. And to the point where, you know, you're terribly uncomfortable and then you're gaining weight. And I do find that I'm fuller faster. And I'm okay if I don't finish an entire meal. I'm okay. I'm okay putting it up and saving it for another day and not having to finish my plate um, and eat it all. So definitely some appetite correction there. And as far as snacking, I used to be a huge snacker. Um, Afternoons, evening. You know, late at night, just always going to the refrigerator and picking at things, whether or not I was really hungry, just just that compulsion to eat, 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 eat. And I found that with intermittent fasting definitely has corrected that. And 
it's like once you you start that clock ticking for your fasting period, it's like you don't want to reset it. <laughs> so it keeps me from from uh, snacking at night, late at night. So it, it's just amazing how I could just like turn it off and, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, you found the off switch. That's it. Yes. Yeah. And I think once you find the off switch, it's great. And that's, you recognize that sign. For me, it all, it's almost deafening that signal, you know, where you just go, man, okay, I'm done for the day. And like you said, it doesn't matter if there's a whole heap on your plate or if there's another hour or two in your window left. It doesn't matter. Once I'm done, I'm done. Once I'm satisfied, I feel full and I feel great. And then I just go, you know what? I'm good for the day. And that's it. And like you, I like to eat every day and I like food as well. And I like good food. And, you know, it's, for me, I found the thought of doing ADF very difficult and I didn't want to do it and I haven't done it. And people say to me, oh, you know, you should do ADF. And I said, well, why do I want to do something I don't like? Because you've got to find something in, in with the intermittent fasting that you like and everybody's different. And if somebody likes ADF, great. If somebody likes extended fasting further, you know, the two, three day fast that some people do, whatever you're doing, that's okay. If you're doing very long fast, make sure you're supervised and somebody's there with you or a medical person knows what you're doing. If you're doing ADF, make sure that you eat all right on the up days and make sure that you realize that when you have that 500 calorie meal on the up days, just to get you through, that that's when your fast stops. So you're not actually doing a 42 hour fast. You're doing two 21 hour fast because you're eating in between. It's still 500 calories that will break your fast. So a lot of people don't understand that. So you do have to find your own jam. I think for me, it was probably somewhere around the 22 and two. I, I started at 23 and one, and then I just find 22 and two during the week suits. And on the weekends for me, it's more of a 16 and eight. I like to get to say one o'clock in the afternoon and I'll say to my wife, hey, let's go down to the cafe and have a brunch or I'll, I'll watch a game of rugby or something and I'll have something to eat while I'm watching the game. And then I might have something later. I don't snack in between, but I think we just have to find that protocol that suits us, don't we, Karen? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I tried to share my experience with others and a lot of people have asked what I do and I tell them it's it's not about what I do, but what you want to do and what will work for you. Because what works for me might not work for you. And, and I think that's the beauty of IF is that you can adapt it to work towards your lifestyle, your likes, your dislikes, um, it just your schedule, it it's it's adaptable and it's practical. And I think that's why. I can do this as a lifestyle and not as just something temporary because it's something that, that fits with who I am and what I need to do. So it makes it a lot easier than some of the other things that I've done that took lots of time, took lots of effort and, and just really infringed upon my entire lifestyle. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. So let's talk about support now. You know, obviously you've got your sister-in-law there and she's obviously chuffed and over the moon what you've done in the last three years as you probably your whole family is so proud of you. But, you know, with your support, where do you go looking for that outside of that? I mean, do you go for the groups or, or read books or what do you do? So um, I mostly uh, do the groups. So I find 
the group's very inspiring. Um, I, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm in your group. I, I love seeing people's stories. I love seeing their, their progress and, and their pictures. And, um, I appreciate everybody who has helped me in my journey and, uh, kind of want to help others with their journey as well. Um, and I, I have to say when I first talked about intermittent fasting, my husband thought I was crazy. <laughs> um, and he was like, that doesn't sound healthy at all. And he was like, you know, I, I know you want to, to lose weight and you want to get healthy, but that doesn't sound like the way to do it. And then I started thinking about him because he's never had a weight problem. He has been the same weight for the 22, 24 years that I've known him. And I started thinking about his routine and how he eats. And I told him, I said, you know what? You do intermittent fasting. You just didn't know it because he has black coffee in the morning and then he doesn't eat until lunchtime. And then he eats a healthy dinner and then he doesn't do anything else until the next day. I was like, you're fasting. You're doing exactly what I'm planning on doing. And after he thought about it, he was like, oh, well, okay. I guess it is okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I bet he's noticed over the last three years, all right, how well intermittent fasting has treated you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he'd be blind if he didn't, let's face it. <laughs> blind. A big shout out to him and thank you for supporting your wife, sir. We really appreciate that. As we do all our partners out there that support us. And, um, yes. you know, I think that's really important. And, and yeah, people do have some queries and reservations. I mean, I did too. And, you know, I sort of thought it was pretty crazy when I first heard about it. I thought, you know, what sort of weirdos do that? And, um, but then when you read into it and you start doing it, then you understand. And then, yes. yeah, but I don't accept any pushback from anybody. You know, I got a fair bit in the first year. And then sort of now nobody even mentions it. Nobody talks about it. They just see me who I am as I am today. There's no before Graham. It's just the here and now Graham now, you know, amongst my circle of friends and work colleagues, nobody sort of talks about how much weight I've lost or anything. They might say to me, oh, you've kept the weight off. I get that quite a lot when I meet people now. They say, oh, you've done really well to keep the weight off. Because I think when you lose weight, Karen, with intermittent fasting over a period of time, People sit there and they, they really expect that you're going to put the weight back on. And then when you yeah. don't, that's when they get convinced and they come to you and start asking questions, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and they notice and they know that. And, and I think most people do think that, oh, it's, it's another fad. She'll quit after a while. She'll gain the weight back. And when they see that, as you said, it's not happening, then they have to take a look at it and, and, and analyze, is this for me? Um, I actually had a colleague who heard of my intermittent fasting a little over a year ago and kind of poo-pooed it. It sounded like it was crazy, so she didn't want to do it. And just recently I saw her uh, this past May and she has lost 50 pounds. And I went, what did you do? And she went, intermittent fasting <laughs> it's like ah so um it, it does affect people when they see that you can lose it and keep it off and 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 be happy about it yeah and it does it does influence them you know what i've been going to my local post office for 
nearly three years now since my book came out, right? Because I send local books to people here in Australia or New Zealand um, that buy them off the website. And um, the lady in the post office three years ago, she was quite a large lady, right? And I noticed that she was getting smaller and smaller each year. Oh, man, uh, you know, sometimes I don't like to comment on people's weight, you know, that I don't know them that well. It's not something that you, you do, you know, it's a gentleman thing not to talk to a woman about their weight. And anyway, I was in there the other week and um, I said, look, I said, I, I really don't like commenting about people's weight, but I said, you look amazing. I said, since I first met you three years ago. And she goes, yeah, I read your book three years ago. I've been doing this same as you. And I was just like, wow, I didn't even know that. And um, I was seeing this woman two, three times a week at the post office. And um, oh, wow. she was literally shrinking in front of me. And um, then she just said casually, yeah, I read your book three years ago. And and I took it up and she said, it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. She goes, oh, that lady over there, so-and-so, she does it. And then that lady said, oh, yeah, my friend uh, Erica, she does it. And yeah, it was just this big conversation about the spinoff of her results. And they found out what she was doing and away they went. But you, you sound to me like you're really passionate about sharing as well with friends and colleagues and anybody you sort of come across that wants to ask. But it can be a, a tricky situation sharing sometimes and, and pushing it on to other people. And it's important not to do that. But it's also important to be proud of what you do. And I really like what you said about when you go on these business meetings and the business breakfast and you'll say to people straight out, I do intermittent fasting. Like you're not ashamed to say that or afraid. And I think that's super important, isn't it? Yes, it's extremely important because um, I, I, I think we we live in a society that I, I, I think everybody feels like we have to have food all the time and, and have those three meals a day, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I, it's really contributed to the, the poor health <laughs> of the world. And... I just feel like um, IF was eye-opening for me. It educated me. And it I, I think that's just something that I have to share. And I'm eager to share. And I, I don't push it down anybody's throat, but I, I let people know this is what I do. And this is this is how I got where I where I am today. Yeah, it's interesting actually. Like if you look at the 70s and 80s. And you see pictures of people at the beach, right, in the 70s. And then you get a comparison picture of people on the beach now. And the difference, you hardly see anybody that was overweight in the 70s. And then I did a lot of research into advertising in the food industry, right? And we always to see these ads about, you know, eat three meals a day and snacks, be strong. And they used to have all these ads in the 70s and the 80s, right? And they were funded by the food industry who wanted to give us that myth that we had to continuously eat all day and all night. Otherwise, we were going to somehow fade away or some, we were going to die or something if we didn't eat by lunchtime. And I like what you said, too, about your husband, how he doesn't even know that he's an intermittent faster. I actually met this German couple and they were, oh, they had to have been in their 70s. And they were saying, oh, what's this intermittent fasting about? And I told them and they said, they looked at each other and they said, wow, we've been doing that for 40 years. We don't eat till lunchtime every day. We don't eat anything till lunchtime or drink anything, just water. And I said, well, there you go. And they've lived, they both looked in their fifties. And um, so I think some people don't actually know that they're even doing it, Karen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't, they don't. Yeah. But so Karen, you're sitting around there in, in the office or with a bunch of colleagues or on a work trip and they say, hey, Karen, you're looking great. 
tell us a bit about this intermittent fasting. What sort of words of wisdom would you give them? And what would you tell them about how to get going with it? Well, uh, I would tell them that intermittent fasting, first of all, is not a fad and that it is a lifestyle. And I would definitely recommend that they read your book um, and other publications out there that can help them understand what they should do and how to do it. And then also learn where they can find support to, to help them in their journey while they're doing intermittent fasting. Yeah, thank you. That's really great advice. And thanks for the mention about the book. And you can get my book on Amazon and paperback and Kindle for those that want to do that. Or come and join us in the Patreon community and you can listen to the audio version there. And yeah, but Karen, I can't tell you how inspiring you've been. I've really enjoyed this conversation. But thank you for joining us here today on the Fasting Highway. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take care. And we'll talk to you in another six to 12 months and see where you're up to then. Okay, sounds good. Okay, take care. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. What a wonderful chat that was. Fantastic story, and thank you for sharing your journey with us. I look forward to hearing where you are in another 6 to 12 months' time when we come back to check in with you. As you heard, folks, here, the podcast is now brought to you by our Patreon members, and without them, we simply could be bringing these episodes to you each week. So if you do enjoy the podcast and you enjoy the stories and you'd like to get some more uh, back for accountability, uh, you can come and join the Patreon group. We have two Zoom meetings a month, uh, both in the Northern and Southern Hemispheres. Uh, there's extra content, bonus podcasts. Uh, there's also bonus topics that we cover each week. And you can find that in the Patreon community for the podcast. And you'll see that link in the show notes there at www.patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway. Uh, come and join us, uh, support the podcast and get some great support back and return. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.